Have you ever wondered if you're feeling the prompting from the Holy Ghost or if it's just a thought in your own head? Hi, and welcome to Twain Talk for Latter-day Saints, your questions and clear answers. I'm Tiffany Thomas, and I'm here to help guide you through gospel topics in a way that makes sense to you. It's easy to feel lost when there are so many different voices out there telling you right from wrong. It can be hard to know what to do when you have questions. We're going to take the common gospel questions that you as teens and tweens have and answer the why, what, and how about them. We'll go into the doctrines and principles so you can figure out how to apply them to your own life. If this is your first time joining us, make sure you listen to the first four podcasts in order first, or you'll miss out on a lot and be a little lost. And if you need something to draw or sketch during this podcast while you're listening, I've got some coloring pages on my website, savingtalents.com forward slash podcast. You can also find the references and transcript for this podcast there. And then you can find me, Tiffany, on Instagram and Facebook as Saving Talents or on TikTok as Tween Talk LDS. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Tween Talk. I'm really glad to be back with you guys. I'm sorry we missed last week. I had a horrible cold and I sounded like a frog. And I know that you really didn't want a frog talking to you for your podcast. So someone asked a great question, though, while I was down for the count, and we're going to answer it today. Remember that you can ask me questions if you just head on over to the website, savingtalents.com forward slash podcast, and you can ask a question and it's all anonymous. So this person wants to know, what does it feel like when the Holy Ghost is talking to me? How can I tell the difference between a prompting or my own desires and thoughts? And what if I'm wrong? Which that is a fantastic question. Without understanding the Holy Ghost and how he speaks to us, how else can we follow Heavenly Father's plan when we reach a division on those flowcharts we talked about? So we're going to answer this question a little bit differently than usual, since this isn't an actual commandment, but we're still going to talk a lot about doctrine and then some policies. There won't be much actual policies part because we don't exactly have church rules about the Holy Ghost. So first we're going to talk about who the Holy Ghost is, and that will be the doctrine, what his job is in our lives. And then instead of policy, we're going to talk about some things that we should or shouldn't do in order to feel the presence of the Holy Ghost. And then lastly, the application part is when we'll talk about all of the different ways that the Holy Ghost might try to communicate with us. Honestly, the answer to this one can be kind of tough. There are lots of adults out there who have lived in the church their entire lives, and they still wonder, am I feeling the Holy Ghost or is this just something I want? Now, I know you're probably wondering why we're going to start talking about who the Holy Ghost is. I mean, that's something you grew up with learning in primary, right? But it's actually kind of important. And you'd be surprised at how many people, even ones who grow up in the church, don't know who the Holy Ghost is. For example, when I was in college, I had a friend who, until he was 15 years old, thought that everybody had their own Holy Ghost. You know those little angels and cartoons that like sit on your shoulders and tell you like the good things and the bad things? 
that's what he thought the Holy Ghost was and that we each had our own individual Holy Ghost. And it wasn't until he was 15 or 16 years old that he finally figured it out. So to make sure that none of you are confused, like my friend was, and no, I'm not going to tell you his name because he might be one of your dads or something. And that would be embarrassing. So we're going to talk real quick about who the Holy Ghost is. The Holy Ghost, as most of us should know, is the third member of the Godhead, kind of like a second counselor in a bishopric. He is a spirit, hence his name. He doesn't actually have a physical body, but he is a personage. He's not some vague mist that goes out like fog. He is an actual personage. He's got a lot of jobs too. Personal revelation, like when you have to make a decision and you pray about it to know what to do, or when you're searching for the answer for a question. He also teaches us. He testifies of God and Jesus Christ. He gives us spiritual gifts. He sanctifies us when we repent. Remember, we talked about the Holy Spirit of promise a few episodes ago. He's also called the comforter. And he leads us to do good and to warn us of danger. When we say that we feel the Holy Ghost, it means that we are feeling his influence. Think about it like a radio station. You don't have to be physically present at the radio station to hear music playing from it. You just need to tune in your radio to the right dial and you get the music. Now, don't get confused between the light of Christ and the Holy Ghost. Those are two different things. The gospel topic section on the church's website talks about the light of Christ in a lot of detail. I'm not going to go into all of it, and I'll put the link up on the website for you to look up on your own, but I am going to summarize it, and then later you should go read it on your own. Basically, the light of Christ is the divine influence that Christ has everywhere. Basically, it's like your conscience. Everyone was born with a bit of an innate sense of right and wrong and good and evil. It's why even an atheist, someone who doesn't believe in God, or societies who've never even heard of God, will punish the same kinds of behaviors like stealing or murder or abuse. The prophet Joseph Fielding Smith said, if a man who has never heard of the gospel will hearken to the teachings and manifestations of the spirit of Christ or the light of truth, which come to him, often spoken of as a conscience, it will eventually lead him to the fullness of the gospel. When people follow the light of Christ or what their conscience tells them to do, they can feel the brief presence of the Holy Ghost to confirm that action. It's why doing the right thing feels good, even when someone hasn't been baptized yet. But the Holy Ghost isn't some vague, abstract feeling. The Holy Ghost is a real, actual person. In fact, President Joseph Fielding Smith said, we should speak of the Holy Ghost as a personage, as he, and the light of Christ as it. Although when we speak of the power or gift of the Holy Ghost, we may properly say it. Once you've been baptized and confirmed, you get the gift of the Holy Ghost. I know that a lot of baptisms, they actually give a blanket to the person who's being baptized as a symbol of the comforter, aka the Holy Ghost. 
but I actually like to think of the gift of the Holy Ghost as more like a cell phone. When I was in college, cell phones were just becoming a thing. And yes, I am that old. My dad told me that I could just do it the old fashioned way, which was by purchasing a calling card, like kind of like a gift card that would let me call long distance from the phone in my dorm room. But I told him that was really difficult. And honestly, I would probably never call home if I had to do that. Thankfully, my mom took my side and I got my first cell phone. Now I could call my parents anytime I wanted. When I was walking to or from campus was usually when I called, but I had full access to my parents, even though I was literally across the country. After you're baptized, that confirmation gives you access to the Holy Ghost. You can feel him because you've been given a phone that lets you talk to him and he can talk to you at any time. But just like a cell phone, it's not always going to work. If you don't charge the battery, or if you go to a place where there's not any reception, then your ability to communicate goes away. And that's the principal part of our conversation. What conditions will allow us to communicate with the Holy Ghost after we've received the gift of the Holy Ghost? Well, first, we need to keep the battery charged. That's our job. Things like saying your prayers regularly, reading your scriptures, going to church, keeping all the commandments, all of that stuff will keep your cell phone charged at all times. And then the second thing is that we need to be in places where we can get reception. This means avoiding sin. If you're watching a bad movie or hanging out with people who are pushing you to make wrong choices, or when you yourself are maybe making a wrong choice, because we all do that that moves you further and further out of range. And pretty soon you're not gonna get any cell service at all. So screaming at your siblings or your parents, yep, takes you out of range. Smoking or vaping, which we've already talked about a lot, right? Those will take you out of range. Skipping your personal prayer and scripture study, browsing your actual physical phone during church instead of being involved in lessons. Those are going to drain your battery instead of recharging it. Now, I'm not going to go into a list of do's and don'ts about this. That's what all the other episodes in this podcast are for. And besides, it's not my job to give you a list. We discuss the doctrines and the principles in these podcasts, and you figure out the applications. But you get the idea, right? I mean, you're smart. And we'll talk about it other times, but let's get to the part that you really want to know about and that answers this listener's question. How do we know what the Holy Ghost sounds like? How does he talk to us? And this is the hardest part of this podcast, telling you about the Holy Ghost, who he is, what his jobs are, and what you need to do to hear him. That's easy. But how do you hear him? The application? That's hard even for adults. Elder Bednar actually did a great job answering this question on a face-to-face, -face, which is available on YouTube. And I'll put the link up on the blog, savingtalents.com forward slash podcast for this week's episode notes. But here's a small part of the answer. He says, I think we overcomplicate this. I think we overanalyze it. Moroni teaches that all good emanates from Christ. 
So if you have a thought to do something good, it's prompted by the Holy Ghost. When I was on my mission, this was actually the number one question we missionaries all asked our mission president. How do we know what the Holy Ghost is telling us to do when we're doing our planning for the next day? One meeting, he said to us, you know, as mission president, I've had lots of opportunities to spend time with apostles and general authorities and even the prophet. Do you think they hear the Holy Ghost any differently than you do because they're apostles? He waited a minute and I realized, yeah, I always kind of figured that once you got your calling to be an apostle, you were like suddenly in tune with the Holy Ghost in a crazy way. Like he was speaking to you in a clear voice all the time. But my mission president shook his head and said, no, they don't. But they have spent decades over their lives striving to hear and recognize the voice of the spirit so that he is as recognizable to hear as a family member. And he held up his hands to his ears and he like twisted it. And he said, they practice getting in tune. And each of you has that same capacity and potential to hear him just as well as an apostle if you will only practice as hard as they do and listen for him as much as they do. Isn't that really cool? We have the exact same access to the Holy Ghost as the prophet does. Now, the Holy Ghost isn't going to tell us how to run the church, right? We talked about that when we talked about the priesthood. It's not our stewardship to receive revelation for the whole church. It's not our job. But when it comes to personal revelation and promptings and getting answers to our questions, the apostles don't have it any easier than us, except that they've been working at it for much longer. And I'm not as old as they are, guys. Okay, so they've been working at it longer than I have. And they've been working hard at it. It's like practicing the piano. If you only sit down once a week for 10 minutes, you will never be as good as the person who sits down and practices for three hours a day. But I promise I'm not going to leave you here with an answer to go listen to the Holy Ghost for three hours a day, guys. Instead, I want to share several experiences about the Holy Ghost that can demonstrate how he can be felt in different ways. My first example kind of ties in with what Elder Bednar said in the quote that we read earlier. In Preach My Gospel, President Gordon B. Hinckley says, that's the test when all is said and done. Does it persuade one to do good, to rise, to stand tall, to do the right thing, to be kind, to be generous? Then it is of the Spirit of God. One time I was on Facebook and I saw a cool post with some data about the church comparing how long it took to get the first million members. It was like 50 years. And then to get the last million members, which was like only five years. And I thought that's cool. And I went to go on and scroll, but then I thought that someone else might want to know that. So I hit share. A friend of mine from high school saw the Facebook post and made a comment, which I thought was a little unusual. And so I sent her a Facebook message to ask her about what she meant in her comment. Long story short, she ended up getting baptized and serving a mission. Now, I did not have a strong impression to share this post. There was no voice in my head that said to do it. It was just a simple, casual thought in my own mind, in my own voice. 
And that's one way that the Holy Ghost talks to us is with our own thoughts and ideas. If it's a good idea, whether or not it's from yourself or the Holy Ghost doesn't matter. It's still doing good. Now, sometimes the Holy Ghost will feel warm inside, like how it feels when you get a hug from someone. Sometimes the Holy Ghost will make you feel like crying, but in a good way. That's how my eight-year-old daughter is. Every time she reads the scriptures, she ends up in tears. Sometimes the Holy Ghost will make you feel so happy and excited that you don't think that you can hold still and you want to jump up and down for joy. And sometimes you'll feel all of these ways, but just at different times, depending on the situation. Sometimes the Holy Ghost might sound like an audible voice that talks to you. Honestly, that's not very common. We hear so many cool stories about someone getting a voice of warning from danger that they didn't even know was there and they heard a voice and they didn't know where it came from. And then we see people bear testimonies at church and they're sobbing their hearts out. And you wonder if something's wrong with you because you don't want to cry like that when you share your testimony. Does that mean that you don't have a testimony or that you haven't felt the Holy Ghost before? Absolutely not. Most of the time, the Holy Ghost is a very quiet whisper. In the Old Testament, in 1 Kings chapter 19, the prophet Elijah is told to go up into the mountains. You remember we talked about Elijah a little bit before, right? Just briefly recap, he was one of the prophets who had the priesthood keys, and then he came to Joseph Smith and conferred those keys onto him. So he was a pretty important prophet, right? Not just some guy in the Old Testament that's mentioned once. Let's read about how he felt the Holy Ghost. First Kings chapter 19, verses 11 through 12 say, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break it in pieces in the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. So even the prophet Elijah, who was one of the greatest prophets in history, heard the Holy Ghost in a still small voice. So what makes you think that the Holy Ghost is going to speak super loudly at you to make you pay attention when he doesn't even do that for the prophet? The Holy Ghost will speak quietly to you. And it takes time and practice to learn how he speaks to you. And sometimes you can feel the Holy Ghost communicating with you, even when you don't think you feel him. See, one problem that members of the church have who grow up in the church is that they're just super used to feeling the Holy Ghost all the time, but they don't even realize it. I used to think that I had to be crying really hard or feeling a super strong, warm feeling like I would at EFY or girls camp testimony meeting, or else I just wasn't feeling the Holy Ghost at all. But one time in college, a friend of mine invited me to his birthday party. A lot of his friends weren't members of the church, but my friend was, and I felt a little nervous about the party for some reason, but I decided to go anyway because I wanted my friend to know I cared about him. So I went. But the moment I walked in the door, things felt wrong. I felt really uncomfortable and everything just seemed kind of dark. 
And I thought maybe it was just me being judgmental or my own prejudices. My friend was so excited to see me. He came up and gave me a hug and pulled me into the room to introduce him to the rest of his friends. And everyone was really nice, but I just still felt kind of bad inside. And it's not because I didn't know anybody because I'm a really extroverted person and being in a room full of strangers doesn't bother me in the slightest. But after about 10 minutes, I just couldn't handle the uncomfortable feeling. It just kept getting worse and worse, like I was doing something wrong or sneaking something from my parents when I wasn't supposed to. You know what I mean. And so I went into the kitchen to try to just catch my breath and feel a little better and walk off how uneasy I was feeling. And then I saw a bunch of open beer bottles and some other word of wisdom violations. And suddenly the bad feeling made sense. I was out of range. My cell phone was off. I was in a place where the Holy Ghost wasn't able to be. And I didn't realize just how much I felt the Holy Ghost all the time until I wasn't feeling him anymore. And I think that that's a lot the same for you as well. Now, please don't go do something bad or go in a bad situation to see what it's like to not feel the Holy Ghost, okay? <laughs> but work on listening and paying attention to those feelings. Now, I know a lot of you probably wonder, well, if I'm trying to get revelation or answers to prayers, how do I know it's the Holy Ghost giving me direction and not just a voice inside my head? There was actually a really awesome meme Actually, are they called memes if they're serious and not a joke? But it was a meme or an image on Facebook that I saw that compared God's voice to Satan's voice, which, you know, could also be the voice inside your head sometimes, okay? You can see this image up on the blog, but basically it's just a table with a list of what God's voice feels like or sounds like on one side and a list of what Satan's voice sounds like on the other side. I love this table because it put things in perspective for me. God's voice is calming, comforting, gives you conviction. It encourages you. It enlightens you. It reassures you and it stills you. Satan's voice, on the other hand, will make you obsess or worry or condemn or discourage or confuse you or cause anxiety or push or frighten or rush you. If I'm trying to make a decision and every time I envision one of the choices in my head and I feel confused or anxious or stressed about it, then it might not be coming from the Holy Ghost. But wait, what about the times the Holy Ghost is telling me to do something when I don't really want to do it? I've had that happen before. And I know that you probably will too, because we don't always want what God's plan is, because sometimes God's plan is going to be something that's uncomfortable or hard or maybe even scary. After my husband graduated from college, he took a job in Texas and we didn't know anyone. We moved to this new state. I was eight months pregnant with our first baby. And so we had her a few weeks later and then my Crohn's disease got really bad. I got really, really, really sick. I was in the hospital practically nonstop for five months. My husband couldn't take any days off work since he had just started working there. And we'd only gone to our new ward a couple of times. 
basically I had different strangers from Release Society watching my baby every single day for months because I couldn't do it. And then through all of that, some of the doctors that I had really messed up and I almost died several times because of mistakes that doctors made. So I took our baby and I moved to Colorado and moved in with my parents. My husband's boss let him work from Colorado so that he could fly back and forth and we could be together. And this was before COVID. So being able to work from home was a really big deal. We bought a house in Colorado and we ended up doing that for three years where my husband worked remotely and then traveled once a month. But then my husband started feeling like we should move back to Texas. And then my parents who were living in the same neighborhood as us said that they were moving to a different state, to Utah. The idea of coming back to Texas was terrifying for me. I still wouldn't know anybody because I never got a chance to meet anybody because I was so sick. What if I got sick again? We would be living in the same area because it was by my husband's work. And the idea of going back to that hospital and those same doctors just terrified me. But when I prayed about it, I also felt peace. It's kind of a weird feeling to be scared but have peace at the same time. The fear I had, the bad feelings, they were crippling me. It was almost like I had no control over my emotions. There was a lot of anxiety. And that's when the bad feelings aren't coming from the Holy Ghost because they take control and they take over. But if you feel bad about a choice because the Holy Ghost is telling you that it isn't a good choice, then the bad just feels uncomfortable. It doesn't overwhelm you or almost paralyze you from being able to act. And that's the difference. But it took me a long time to work through it all. And that's the only way to do it is time and practice. Lots and lots and lots of practice. So when an idea comes to your mind and it's not a bad idea, go ahead and do it. Try it out. See. And then pay attention when you're reading your scriptures or at church or hearing other people's testimonies. Ask other people how they feel the Holy Ghost. They might say something different than I've said in the podcast, and that's great because we all feel the Holy Ghost in a different way. We all speak different spirit languages. And sometimes when you're searching for an answer to a question, it may seem silent. And that's hard because it seems like there's no answer at all. And I've had that happen before where I've prayed and asked questions, but I promise that the Holy Ghost is there and Heavenly Father is there. And I promise you that if you practice listening to the Holy Ghost, he will speak to you. I promise. And you can ask in prayer for help to understand how he speaks. And we're going to talk about that next time. What do I do when I pray? But then it feels like there's no answer at all for a long time. And it seems like God's just ignoring me. So next week, we're going to talk about prayers. And I'll see y'all then. Thanks for joining me this week on Tween Talk for Latter-day Saints. 
I hope today's podcast helped you learn the what and why of the gospel questions so that you can figure out the how for yourself. If you have any gospel questions you want me to help answer, then just go on over to my website, savingtalents.com forward slash podcast and submit your question. And you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram as Saving Talents or on TikTok as Tween Talk LDS. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, I'm Tiffany Thomas, giving you clear answers to your gospel questions. Keep praying, and I'll see y'all later.